Welcome back to the EDM podcast. I am your host, Aiden, aka Artsy. And if you're new here, this is a show where we interview people in the world of electronic music production. We'll have artists, producers, and industry experts on. And today we have Ali Story. Now, Marie, also known as Ali Story, is a producer and DJ from Northern Ireland in the tech house space. And she is known for her recent single, Smile, which has blown up on Spotify. And combining the songwriting kind of background she's from with the, uh, you know, grooviness of tech house that she loves. In this episode, we dive into how she really invested both time and money into her career during lockdown. And when she got laid off from her job at a record label, she really doubled down on music and how it's paid off for her in the long run. As I kind of mentioned, we talk about her release, Smile, and her other more recent release, Higher Love, with Maria Mathia, both which are a really nice modern take on that classic piano house sound and how those opportunities came about by getting signed to Axtone Records, which is Axwell from Swedish House Mafia's label. And we talk about the whole process of getting signed and how you have to kind of be persistent and send your tune to a lot of different labels. She sent her tunes to many different major labels before it was picked up by Axtone, which I found particularly interesting. And if there's one thing you'll learn from this podcast, it's that her story is one of both persistence and collaboration and that she really went all in on just working with others, improving her own skill sets and using those resources around her to create a platform for herself. And if you're a producer who's wanting to kind of take things to the next level, her story is great because in many ways she's still experiencing and growing and it's really cool because a lot of producers can take what she's learned and is continuing to learn and apply it to your own careers and music projects. So it's a great episode. Now, this episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is our flagship course for new producers where you learn how to produce four songs across a variety of different genres while learning the fundamentals of electronic music production in a practical way. We've had over four and a half thousand producers sign up over the years. We've done three different versions and this is basically what we're known for here at EDM Prod. So if you haven't signed up and you're really wanting to nail the fundamentals of electronic music production, head to edmfoundations.com. That's edmfoundations.com. But let's get into the EDM podcast with Ali Story. Welcome to the EDM podcast. Today I am joined with Marie, also known as Ali Story. How's it going? Oh yeah, all good. Thanks. Nice and early over here. I've got my coffee yeah. at the ready. <laughs> yeah, definitely need to have it at this time of morning. I'm uh, big ups for you coming on this early. I would be definitely very sleepy. <laughs> no, it's that's all right. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, well, it is good to have you on. I know we've been back and forth with the emails on this, so it's been um, good to good to sit down and chat. I know we've been chatting a little bit before we've started recording this, but um, yeah, you've you've definitely been making moves uh, the past year. For those of you who haven't heard of um, your music yet, uh, you've been busy working on like you had you've had a few kind of hits. I would say <laughs> you had um, Smile <laughs> come out, which we'll talk about. A little later in the episode as well but um i think one thing that's really cool about having you on is that you've kind of had all this growth happen really recently and a lot of listeners who um are long-time listeners of the podcast are kind of maybe 
wanting to hear like what their next step is. So I'd love to hear first and foremost, how you kind of got into music and like what that journey has been like for you so far. Yeah, um, all good. Uh, well, this is my first ever podcast, so I'm really excited <laughs> to just kind of share my journey a little bit and help out a lot of kind of new producers and new artists who are trying to break into the scene because I guess that's something that has happened for me in the last year. Um, totally. A little bit about my background. Um, I'm from Northern Ireland in a little town called Castle Wellen. My mum is a music teacher, so I was introduced to instruments and classical music, etc. from a very young age. I, uh, I started playing the violin and the piano when I was eight years old. Um, I did a lot of school lessons, which developed awesome. into practicing for like professional exams and grades. So um, uh, we have this um, music board called ABRSM back home which um, where you can do your grades and exams oh, yeah. up to grade eight. So I managed to do that in the violin and eventually went on to play in orchestras uh, where we did kind of, you know, the score music for awesome. things like Lord of the Rings. So that was very, very good for me yeah. with regards to, yeah, the, the, the working together with um, other people, the kind of layering of instruments, like how, how orchestras work and how music all pieces mm. together. Um, it was really, really inspiring. Wow. Yeah. The um, I, I was classically trained from, as I say, a young age. But when I moved to London, I think I was, I think I was about twenty or twenty-one when I finished uni. I moved over to London and I went to my first music festival, Global Gathering, I think it mm. was, and uh, I saw above and beyond. Oh yeah, playing, I remember that. I never who went. Who are but like it pretty good? <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. I think it's it has closed down now, but. Uh, above and beyond were like yeah. big trance name back then and I was just yeah, fell in love yeah. was completely obsessed with it so I spent years in London wanting to be a DJ and wanting to produce music but I was pretty broke mm-hmm. <laughs> you know being fresh out of university Fair. having no money I had to I kind of I think I did an internship for first six months in London and then Got a little beginner job, but it was really, really tough. Never really had that much money, paying rent. Um, so a few years went yeah. by before I actually took the music seriously, before I could really afford to invest in it. So um, I think when yeah. I did take the turn, I I think I was on like a £70,000 a year salary and I, I just quit and oh, yeah. went down to, wow. work, went to work for a record label for a 20 grand salary so that was how (laughs) desperate I'd say I was to get my foot through the door um working at the record label was an opportunity to network um and then I did some that's that's a good point yeah yeah and I I did some DJ and production courses at London Sound Academy which is really really good it's you get like beginner intermediate and advanced courses so you can do them in your own time they're very very flexible and you can they're one-on-one lessons two hour slots so that was kind of the the breakthrough into the kind of dj production world but yeah awesome background classical newbie into dance music <laughs> that's cool and and yeah it definitely seems like your background in in the classically trained sort of side of things has put you in uh 
you know, it bodes it it bodes well for your future. I feel like because there's a lot of producers out there who don't have a solid understanding of the theory and the songwriting. The theory. And, mm, it definitely makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Yes, I think understanding chords, understanding keys, progressions, lots of mm. minors, majors. There's lots. There's lots of stuff to learn, but the beauty of today's world and especially the digital era you don't mm. have to be classically trained you don't have to be a musician you don't have to have experience as mm. long as you kind of have a bit of a musical ear and you're a bit yeah. creative you can you can really experiment a lot and i know i know a lot of producers mm. who have had no classical training and who cannot play an instrument who are doing really really well because it's all self taught um, trial and error basically yeah. but I think you have to obviously invest mm. the time into learning it takes a lot of patience to kind of mm. learn it without without having the the knowledge there but again you know there's t- YouTube tutorials if oh, you yeah. want to learn chords simple chords on piano like it's really really easy to, to just learn the mm. basic fundamentals of instruments piano especially i think that's the most widely used and easy mm. accessible instrument for new and upcoming producers um so yeah 100%. i would i would yeah. highly recommend just investing a little bit of time or a handful of lessons just just to kind of become familiar mm. with the foundations of the musical theory because it will go a long way once you open your yeah ableton or logic have a little bit more of a better understanding to arrangements and whatnot totally yeah even if you learn it as you're producing like i think yeah it it can it does help if you if you do have it beforehand but i suppose at the same time it's not a it's not a prerequisite like you can if you're worried about oh i didn't study violin for 300 Three hundred years. Why well, was I going to say three hundred years? <laughs> for like, <laughs> felt like that. Totally <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, I played trumpet when I was younger. Um, yeah, and it definitely wicked. like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Also, I, I have that kind of background. But the thing is with trumpet is it's just you can only play one note at a time. So once again, to go back to what you were saying, piano is such a much more versatile instrument so yeah if you're gonna start learning an instrument now make it piano (laughs) yeah Yeah. um it really is and like even me i i love playing the piano i i obviously specialized in more in the violin i can't play the piano my Mm. mum's that's her like main instrument so i I just never had the patience to sit down with her and learn it properly because she's my mum. but sure um i i always open youtube and i'll 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 learn a new track or I'll just have a little mm. play. I can. Sp- I'll just spend hours messing around and having like having a bit of a jam. Yeah. I think that's the best way to like mm. learn as well. So you don't have to know what you're doing. Just just go push yeah. some buttons and and see what comes out. That's awesome. Yeah, and it definitely seemed like the last couple of years, as I was kind mm. of alluding to earlier, that you've really been you know experimenting a lot and really focusing on building your your um, yourself as an artist really. So my first question is, is that that kind of started slash coincided with lockdown? Is that right? Or did it kind of happen a bit before that? Well, I think about two two years before lockdown, I that's when I mm. quit my job. I had a like a okay. marketing job in London yeah. um for a big agency. But I was just not happy. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Um yeah. 
I knew I would, it would be a massive risk and quite a financial hit to mm. to lose obviously a huge chunk of my salary, but the the reward mm. and the payoff of getting myself into the industry, networking with the record label, getting out to events, working backstage, artist liaison, and um, all of those kind of mm. avenues and doors opened up. So you can't you can't have it all and do it all. I don't think like if you can, you're really really lucky, yes. but it's just not possible. And I spent a long time before I quit my job, saving up to buy my equipment. So I obviously I've got my decks here yeah. behind me, which took years <laughs> mm. to save up for. Um my production. Oh man, equipment. that's probably like half half the money in the CDJs. <laughs> yeah. It's it's big money. And you know, all my friends are buying houses and having babies and I'm literally yep. just on gear four music buying instruments and software so yeah one one or the other but uh it it, it takes a long time and I, I know a lot of people don't have the money to do this but you don't have to do it all at once just get one like if you want to do production focus on getting your software and then focus on getting your midi mm. keyboard and then focus on getting your monitors like you don't have to do everything at once but um totally well where where was I going with this? What was the question again? <laughs> I've totally we'll, gone we'll off track. That's nah, all good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I was just kind of seeing like, so two years you kind of quit your, before COVID. Hit, yes. You quit your marketing yeah. job and then you went to work at the label. And then kind of how did that yeah. like morph into, you know, improving your production side of things? Yeah, so I worked at the label, which was great. I didn't get many opportunities because obviously right. I was – doing the marketing stuff and they wanted me to keep doing that because I was quite good at it. So I, sure. the losing my job was probably with, with lockdown was probably the, the, the door opening for taking the music seriously. I suddenly had all awesome. the time in the world to sit down in the studio and produce. I had done my lessons at London sound Academy. Yep. Um, so yeah. I, I'd done my courses there and obviously I'm familiar with, the musical theory side of things so it was just a matter of learning the digital technology and the logic and getting yeah. familiar with plugins and it takes time you know you just have to sit down and learn it all yeah. and I think a lot of people lack patience and kind of want it want it all very fast but it just doesn't happen like that so yeah lockdown yeah. is quite quite a blessing for me um once I kind of awesome. had my hands on a once I kind of developed a few tracks, uh, I started focusing then on my social media and putting out some little piano videos, yeah. putting out some content videos and kind of showcasing my skills. So I think a lot of people were quite surprised by because I don't think anyone knew I played the piano mm. or the violin or that I had that I was trained yeah, in that right. way. So um, it, uh, that's how I got picked up by a management agency. Through, through my social media. So again, it's awesome. just one of the next steps that you have to take for getting noticed. Really like putting yourself out there. One thing I was going to ask that I found intriguing, like, so you obviously worked in marketing even before the record label um, stuff, but then you kind of did marketing stuff for the record label and then obviously lost that job. Do you, fe do you feel like the marketing experience helped you with the more social media and promotional side of things once you kind of had your music um, at a certain level, like did that 
help you or do you think yeah. it was kind of separate from that? Um, I think it helped me, but I'll be honest. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I I kind of don't do enough for myself. <laughs> you know, sure. give me give me a brand or give me give me a manager or a boss and I'll go a hundred mile an hour, but I could be doing a lot more for myself and my social feeds and my content. It's just probably a bit of laziness and also time. I have got my sure. um I have got a marketing job now, so um Yeah. I still I still have to balance my time with um my normal Monday to Friday day job and my music job which is completely separate on the side because I don't have um the income yeah. yet to to go into that full time I still have to you know put a roof over my head and stuff so yeah yeah it's just a a balancing act but I think understanding your audience is important I've got a lot of and also and also the style and of music you're making and and what you're making like why are you making it and who are you making it for mm. a lot of a lot of my artist friends yeah. and a lot of my producer friends i a lot of them are music snobs to be honest i think they like to look down right. on other genres you know if you're not if you're not in sure. the underground clicky london scene like who are you which I don't really like that because I think sure. all genres of music deserve respect mm. and you sh- and and there's there's a fan base for mm. every style of music out there. So I think the the more diverse mm. and creative music is the better. But I've it's it's the mm. it's the people with the mind frame of this is the one and only sound that matters in the world. Um that never really go anywhere because they're making the music for themselves and mm. they're not making it for their audience. So that's one thing I learned. Um, I was making music, speaking a lot of underground music, but it wasn't taking me anywhere. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't. Nobody was interested in it, and I don't not like right. more commercial stuff. So that's like obviously my first release, Smile, that came out. It's it's just classic piano house, you know, which I love. Yeah, like I love to totally. room. I love Axtone. but it's about kind mm. of educating myself on creating music for the people. You know, you can sure. still you can still make the music you love, but if you want to kind of get out there, you kind of have to think about what the people want to hear and who yeah. you're targeting. Like, if you're if you're if you're on social media, why why are you making content with with whatever kind of area you're in? It's just mm. a strategy, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I try to not have any two tracks that are the exact same i've got a library of like 40 records in my playlist and and none of them are the same i'd say during summertime we've i've put out my more commercial piano heart stuff but now coming into winter i'm taking it down a notch and i'm going to be releasing more underground um melodic style music to to dance it up a bit so uh, me as an artist, I'm staying very on the fence because I understand that you have to kind of tap into the overground market and the underground market and both bring benefits to to your to you as an artist. Mm. So there's um, cool. there's a lot it's a lot to think about, I think. And like I said, I have so many friends who are in that London underground market who 
aren't going anywhere and aren't being noticed, aren't being taken seriously, and they're not they're not kind of investing in all of the other channels. They're not doing anything on social media. They're just kind of, mm. but they all think they're going to be a superstar DJ tomorrow and the next big thing. Right. I'm like, well, what what's your plan? What's your strategy, mm. and how are you going to get there? And none of them can answer yeah. the question. Like none of them have totally. a plan. They just think it's going to happen. But you need a plan. You need to set goals. Open a spreadsheet mm. in six months' time. This is what I want to get to. And then the next line, yeah. how am I going to get that? What do I need to yeah. do? What do I need to invest in? What content do I need to make? What music do I need to make? So mm. I guess it's kind of like seeing your brand as a business rather than just for fun, although it is just for fun for me. Mm. <laughs> um, totally, It is yeah. still a brand. So as a, as a new artist, just get, get into the mind frame of thinking that way. Have a business plan, yeah. Rather, rather than just yeah. Especially if you want to make think, a long term for the best. out of it, like yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And I think networking, networking is obviously, um, I mean, for those two years before lockdown, I was clubbing every weekend. Mm. I was in those clubs till six yeah. a.m., rubbing shoulders with people, working for a record label, trying to get in, 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 in. And then during lockdown, obviously, when I had the music yeah. ready it was really easy for me to get it out because I'd spent years doing all the networking stuff before. So yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's a long game. It is a long game. I'm starting mm. to see a lot of success this year, totally. but there was so much hard work and sacrifice and all, all of that before, <laughs> which nobody really sees. So yeah. No. Sweet as one thing I was going to ask you as well, like, because I, I think, yeah, it's very true what you're saying as well. Like you need to, especially if you want to make a long-term career out of out of this, you need to have a plan. And I think the reality of the music industry we're in now is it's like you can't just put out music and hope for the best. You know, it does require no. intentionality to your promotion, to your marketing mm-hmm. side of things, to your social media. What else are you doing on top of your music? Uh and, you know, I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. I think they think they have to be doing every single thing possible. And I don't think that's yes. true, but it is important to do something um, mm-hmm. and do do whatever you like. You know, it, marketing doesn't have to be this thing that you hate doing. It can actually be an enjoyable activity that benefits your music brand. So, Absolutely. Mm. I think, that's yeah, cool. like you said, you can't be the best at everything. You can't be the best DJ in the world. You can't be the best mm. producer in the world. You can't be the best marketer in the world. You can't be the best at creating content. You don't have to mm. be the best at everything. Play play to your yeah. strengths and think outside the box when it comes to the others, you know, especially with the production side of things. If you're not at the level where you're doing like amazing mixed downs and, and masters, there's, there's plenty of engineers out there who will who can who mm. can fix your tracks up and you just pay them a small fee that's how i obviously with london sound academy like the guys always yeah. did my help me with my mixed downs and masters because i wasn't at that level yet so it's a stepping stone yeah don't 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 expect everything yeah. to be amazing at once but also get some help help is okay um yeah you, like uh, having a professional especially if you sit down with them and they show you how they're adding more depth to the sound and filling out those layers more and then the mastering techniques and what's Mm. involved and learning all the software you know and it's not that expensive to do to to do these little one-on-ones and 
don't be sitting in your bedroom thinking, yeah, oh, like banging your head against the wall, and then you're frustrated, and then you actually pulled yourself away from what you love doing out of frustration. So it's mm. okay to ask for help. A lot of people think they have to do it all, but you don't. It's a learning process, yeah. and the only way you learn is by working with the experts. So invest mm. your time wisely like you- and don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. And you think like what you're doing when you're watching YouTube videos or something like that is essentially like a a cruder, like micro form of the same thing of getting someone else to help you with the mix down. It's like you're watching someone else helping you with a specific element. So it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people have a lot of like weird kind of stigmas against like getting help with music. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Why? (laughs) Uh, I, to be honest, I I used to be like that for a while, but I I just don't get it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is like, no one cares. Yeah. Like all people want is good music. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's taken me years to get to like a decent production level. It's Mm. it's not something that happens overnight, but I had to get the lessons. I had to sit Mm. on zoom calls and do back and forth and one-on-ones I had to travel hours to go to like studios and like sit and learn and learn mm. and learn and learn um yeah it's really hard thing to like do all by yourself um so if you have a mm. bit of pocket money or you know instead of going for obviously a lot yeah. of people are might still be in lockdown all over the world but if you've got a bit of spare money don't, yeah don't buy it don't spend it on a takeaway like save it up and 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 have, yeah. have get a lesson get get not like there's so much online availability yeah. now to to learn from the masters yeah um so but then mm. again it's just everyone's it's 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 down to the individual and there is, there is no right way or wrong way but that's what's worked best for me you know swallowing your pride a little bit and saying yeah. okay you know what I don't I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like there are some people out there who probably would need to, you know, invest a little more into the music and production side of things before they start thinking about, okay, the promotional side. But then there are some people who know they make good music already, but they just don't have a way of getting it out there. Exactly. Yeah, just know where you're at. Know where you're at and make the right decisions based on that. Mm. I think as well with what I noticed about my music like I'd finish a track and it's like 80 to 90 percent done but taking it from good to brilliant was the last 10 percent you know adding that last bit of adding little fillers one hits working really working on the mix um to Mm. to to create the depth and the kind of the journey of the music um, yeah. So, like, I did a I did a demo feedback session with Axtone recently, and we listened to cool. a lot of the tracks, and they were all brilliant, but they all needed the ten percent at the end. And I think this is the trap that a lot of producers fall into. They make a track, and then they're like, "Okay, it's done. On to the next one." When really, like, if they reopen the project, learn something else, add a bit more, learn how to fill it mm. out. So, that's that's another another tip i say um if you mm. think your record's done show it to someone see what they think someone mm, who will be honest you want you want honest feedback you know that's right yeah because a lot of people well. think they're good if i if i listened back to the music i was making three years ago 
like three years ago, I thought my music was amazing. I listen mm. back now and I'm like, oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds know, terrible <laughs> compared to like yeah. the level now. But back then, mm. I thought it was amazing because it was, it was mine. But, mm. and, and I think a lot of people will be in that, the same place. And then a year or two from now, they'll look back and say like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I did more. I'm so glad I invested in more. Mm. it's it's i actually wrote an email for our email list at edm prod this morning and i kind of talked about how most people when they especially when they're new they are extremely critical of their own music and like you know and as you would be we're all critical of the things we work on we're all going to be like oh this this sucks or this is needs to be improved but we're all, but a lot of producers also aren't open to feedback so it's kind of like yes. you need to switch those around. You need to be less critical of your music, but you need to look to others and let yeah. like let them kind of give you what their thoughts are and that will help you grow somewhere rather than kind of just being that's insular. Ex- that's exactly what I mean about mm. pigeonholing yourself. I see that mm. a lot. People who mm. think they know best. And mm. it's it's I don't know if it's an I think it's maybe like partly an ego thing for some people. Mm or people or also a fear of criticism but it's not a bad criticism it's 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 positive feedback it's positive help you know like take it take it with open arms it's um yes i i understand if you spent like weeks maybe making this record and then you show to someone they're like nah it's okay and you're like oh you just want to punch them in the face but 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 don't like oh, take yeah. the feedback. Like, <laughs> the, the, the the mental the mental place you need to be in is like it's like oh my god why is it not better what do I need to do to make it better mm. tell tell me more help me you yeah. know so so don't don't take it's a mind frame it's a it's 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 just kind of rewiring your head to look at it positively not negatively. Yes, that's so true. Um, it's like also a lot of the times it's like if you spent three days tweaking a kick drum and you could have sent it to someone else and they would have just said oh you should use a different one it's like well you yes. save yourself this whole journey. i know you said that you save this you save yourself your this whole journey of like slaving away on something that didn't need to happen as well so it's like oh yeah you're right the kick drum probably just needs to be replaced like yeah. keep and it's like sometimes the solution is more simple than what you think it is as well it's just pokes I'll- holes and things yeah and also, just because they say it doesn't mean it's correct. Like it is also yeah. taste, you know. Sure. So yes. Like get the feedback, but again, if you don't agree with the feedback, that's okay. If you do mm. agree that it could be better, great, work with them. But if you kind of have your own sound, because everyone has their own tastes, don't they? Like what appeals to one will not appeal to the other. So exactly. And if someone came up to you and was like. Yeah, balance, exactly. If someone came up to you and was like, oh, I don't like the piano sound you used in that tune. It's like, but it's my sound. Like, you know, it's like that's yeah. part of like what yeah. I like and my taste. It's like I'm yeah. not going to go and change that. Um, Like maybe, maybe yeah. the notes I'm using are different. I, sh- I can change, but I'm not changing the core mm-hmm. element of what that is. Yeah. yeah. I think I think stay true to your sound and what you love, mm. but get the feedback on improving the sound with regards to your production, your level of production, the depth mm. of the track, the the journey of the track, the flavor, the 
that they're taking it from um a mediocre kind of put like level to to expert you know there's with the with the you know like simple things like just compression and eq you know spreading Mm. the sounds more to the left and the right panning there's so many little tips Mm. and techniques that takes away the harshness and the tinniness so yeah, yeah there's a, I mean, I mean, it's it's never ending, really. <laughs> there's mm. there's so much creativity and there's so much to do. And like, I mean, I'm still learning every day, and I've been doing this for years. And so, yeah, it's uh, if you if you love it, just stick at it. Yeah, exactly. One thing I wanted to ask you, kind of talking about your sound as well, is like, yeah, you kind of, from uh, I guess my perspective, incorporate that really cool classic piano house sound with kind of this more modern context like you kind of throw like all these cool like magic moments in there with these vocal chops and stuff like that mm-hmm. like what would you describe your sound as like I'd love to hear from your perspective I mean you'll see as we move on throughout the year that my sound is very on the fence so sure minute, yeah I've, totally yeah I've got the the kind of classic piano house vibe for summer and I'm switching it up to kind of bring in more of like an underground tone um, and to kind of hit more of like the club scene and the the winter market but my sound wise I think I definitely incorporate a little bit of my classical flavor into my music you know like this this piano Mm. is frequent <laughs> you know mm. the piano instrument um the yeah it's everything's different like if, if, if i could play my playlist you'll, you'll see what i mean i don't think yeah i think i have an alley story sound at the minute but i think a lot of people will be yeah. surprised that the next stuff that's coming out and they'll be like because because i think obviously i've had i won't i've only had a handful of records out and they've all been quite similar um yes with right. that with that with that sound so the the clubbier stuff i'm hoping will will turn some more heads awesome do you, do you mostly i mean regardless of the exact kind of like style you're doing at the moment do you mm-hmm. always kind of write with the club in mind at least partially yeah i think for for all my records um the groove is the most important bit and yeah the getting getting the kick and the bass right before yep. you move on to the percussion and since I I think that's the most important element for me, I'll always start on my drums. Um yeah. and then and then build it out from there. With regards to like vocals, I have been experimenting experimenting more with like the in sequencer and stuff for chopping them up and what what like I said before, when taking when I finish a record, it's like eighty percent, but mm. there's lots of little gaps, and I guess the structure is really important of um of the record. You know, having your intro and teasing sounds in. You know, I don't want to bring everything in at once. I want to kind of gradually build and build and build and build, and then I have mm. like the final two minutes of the track that encompasses everything. So um, yeah, I definitely I definitely focus on getting the groove and the drums nailed first yeah before developing the other areas yeah awesome 
think a lot of especially like house music producers it's like the most important fundamental thing um yeah, yeah. there is um there is a very recognizable like template in the tech mm. house world especially that everyone yeah. is kind of like following so i'm yeah. trying to mix that up a bit you know you can't really go wrong with that rest because it works and a lot of yes. a lot of producers are following that format but i think for me especially i'm trying to be a lot more creative now mm. and have music that ha- with with the odd surprise <laughs> yeah, yeah right. trying to be okay. like more diverse Mm. Mm. is that like pulling in inspiration from other genres um mostly or is it like just experimenting in the door like yeah i think it's really hard to be new because i mean it's Mm. it's such a big market and there's there's so much music out there creating new music i find like it's it's hard to really Mm. stand out and yes like i said you have you have the music that the commercial kind of normal style that does really well it sells but then how do you stand out because everyone's kind of on the same league with regards yes. to like templates so experimenting and mm. um, i've been doing a lot of that uh i mean in the last year my music has come on leaps and bounds and yep. the stuff i'm bringing out next is completely different to the summer releases i've had out so awesome. i think putting pressure on yourself to to and challenging yourself so you're not a one trick pony i think yeah a lot of a lot of artists who have had success with one record go into the studio and try and make the same record twice and then it doesn't do as well and they're wondering why it doesn't do as well it's because they've already yeah. done it so one thing i'm trying to do is make every track different yeah I maybe like that's, that. that's my good. my uniqueness angle but again this is just me <laughs> there's no right or wrong <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's good i think every everyone's sound evolves over the time over time anyway you like oh god yeah i mean there's countless examples like there's so many people yeah. who this make completely different music to what they first started with and that's fine oh god yeah i mean mm. i i was obsessed with trance music for like five years my first yeah. dj lessons i arrived with a usb full of trance music and yeah. the poor guy teacher, he just looked at me and he was like, right, okay. <laughs> and then I slowly moved towards like house music and tech house music. So yeah, it's yeah. just enjoy the journey. And, you know, who cares yeah. if nobody doesn't like your style and your sound? Just just focus on getting yeah. your production quality high. Yeah, that's it. That is it. And um, so I want to kind of turn... Um, our attention to your track Smile, uh, which is out on Axtone. So that has been um, by far your biggest track yet. Uh, I think it's over yeah. 1.2 million streams on Spotify. So congrats on that, think, by the way. That's yeah, huge. Thank you. I mean, that's my yeah. first my first single my debut single so i had some other releases out on compilation albums or collaborations with other artists so that was my first ever proper single which was just absolutely insane to be honest i was not expecting Mm. that at all and definitely my highest what do you think made it 
Mm. What, what do you think it made work? it work so well from your perspective? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I deliberately um to to break myself into the the market. I've deliberately focused on making more appealable music for a mass market. So um mm. the more commercial kind of end of the the house that's kind of recognizable that that will get on the Spotify playlists and 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 radio basically. So sure. and then once I've kind of once I've kind of tapped myself into the market and then and then I'm going to introduce some more clubby dance stuff which I which I which I awesome. love as well. So when I say about being on the fence um I enjoy both both the overground and underground markets but yeah. the success for smile really came from spotify so yep. um getting featured in all of the major playlists on spotify um boosted all those streams it didn't get much mm. radio support um interesting but yeah so so obviously this is all very new to me so yeah having music out and 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 even having any name on spotify <laughs> so yeah one thing I've learned is that you do have the the streaming platforms and then you've got the radio platforms. So Smile yep. was really big on Spotify, but didn't get much radio exposure. And then my last release, Higher Love, got tons of radio exposure, but didn't get as much mm. playlist exposure on Spotify. So I think it's sitting at around 200,000 streams, which is awesome. um, considerably lower than, than the Smile track, but it got like... It's had like fifteen players on Radio One, and um, wow. on it was a Capital Dance Daytime playlist, Kiss FM. The the radio support for that release was mental. So, I think when you mm. are lucky enough to hit both, when you get like all the Spotify support followed by the radio support, you're you're onto a winner. Mm. But I think that's quite difficult yep. to achieve, and it really is down to the record and and the taste and style yes. of the music. And I think once you have a little bit of um, a little bit of a name for yourself, that's when you can afford to like be a lot yes. more experimental with your music and and switch it up, like you said, yeah. evolve your sound. Um, mm. But yeah, really, really interesting for me to learn about the streaming world, and as well, yeah. I think having the content on your social to back up the releases. Axe Tone was. Mm. Well, is Axwell's label from Swedish House Mafia? So that was that was just yeah a biggie for me. I sent it to a few. I sent it yeah. to a few record labels, and a few of them didn't didn't like it. So it's interesting. Like that, like that's an encouraging. Don't, don't be I find, don't be though. upset. Yeah, don't be upset if mm. like I sent it to some major major labels, and they said no. And then Axstone took it, and it's done really, really well. So again, another learning process. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't feel hard done by when labels say no. Just take it to the next one, or take it back mm. to the studio and improve yep. it or tweak it slightly. Ask them for feedback. Ask them why mm. they didn't want it. Mm, so true. So um, with the Spotify side of things, when you say it got onto a lot of the playlists, was that the editorial curated playlists that drove yes. a lot of those streams? Yeah. yeah, so when you release, obviously, when you've got a release coming, you can, you can, or your label or your management team can pitch it. There's a Spotify for Artists platform, which is where you have access to your back end of your channel. Um, yeah. So when you have a release coming, you pitch it a few weeks before it comes out. Mm. And then I think there's two girls in the UK who create all of the UK playlists. 
and oh, wow. they basically sift through all the tracks and they will um, decide what tracks go where if you're lucky enough to get into a playlist you know you don't always get into them but that's where the the major streams come from on spotify so i think with yes. smile it hit like quite a few major playlists um it's really it's really interesting you know because um a lot of a lot of individuals add it to their own private playlists but streaming wise it's those those major league playlists are or big performers yeah and the girls mm. had i think for my last release they i got my um my press shot my photo mm. listed on the cover of one of the playlists oh, for awesome. the uk high music great. playlist which was a huge achievement for me because that's something i've wanted personally that's like a goal of mine awesome. that i have my list yeah. of I have my little spreadsheet of all my goals and targets and stuff for like this year and next year yeah. and, and get getting on that playlist uh, as with my photo was one of them. So, so that's good. But again, I've had that on my, yeah. on my, on my goal list for like a year or two. <laughs> it takes time, mm. you know, takes time. So, but then, but then the, the reward when, whenever you achieve it, it's great. And then like, right, what's next? What's the next goal? Mm. So, yeah. But yes, Spotify, True. Spotify is a big one. Spotify is a big one. Yeah. A- and also like, if you're going through the Spotify for artists platform, like, so for those of you who are, who are listening and are thinking of doing that, make sure you do it as soon as possible. Like you want to give the, the yes. curators as much time as possible to hear your tune because there's a good chance yeah. they go around to listen to it and it's already out and they're like, oh, well, there's no point in, there's no point in putting yes. it in the playlist now. So like, I think, su- yeah. I think mine was three to four weeks before release. Yeah, exactly. So that like, at least, I think you have to do at least one week, but yeah three to four as long as possible to give it that the most the most chance i think having the most mm-hmm. time possible for your before your music to align those things gives you the most opportunities right like mm. absolutely mm. i think apple music as well is is, is kind of the same format um yeah. for pitching they've got their a lot of their own playlists as well the radio yeah. side of things um there are a lot of kind of third-party agencies who the labels work with who will yep. do a lot of the plugins for radio. So it's not, you're not expected to do everything. The labels handle a lot of the internal, yes. the content, the, the, the PR. So you've got your online PR and then you've got your, um, the music streaming PR, you've got radio. There's so many different avenues, but the label yeah. normally handle a lot of that. So yeah, it's all, mm. it's all learning. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, moving a bit forward after that, you also had your track High Love with Maria Mathia. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm glad I got that right. Um, I'm always bad with name pronunciations. But, um, and so obviously that one's, working with a, a vocalist because she did the vocals right yeah so i had that record mm. i had um i think it was actually a kim english vocal on it originally and i sent awesome. the record yeah. out and the label love another they they loved it and they took it but they thought it would be better to create an original vocal 
rather than try and get mm. sample clearance and stuff for for Kim English. Sure. Um, yeah. And as well, you don't really get as much back on the record from publishing and stuff like that. So it's always better to work with songwriters yeah. and vocalists and have original music if you can. It's more rewarding for you and the label. So yeah, they they worked. Um, yeah, they looked me in touch with Maria, and that that vocal was actually written for the Eurovision Song Contest, and they ended up not using it. So I wow. got it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bit of a cool, funny. Oh, wow story behind that and as well for me I mean I know a few of my beginning beginner tracks and releases like Dance Much and She Lion were collaborations with other artists but I really really enjoy the collaboration process because two brains are better than one (laughs) and having like a professional songwriter I, I used to I used to sing and try and sing I did the vocals on Dance Much and She Lion myself but I'm not, I'm not a yeah. trained singer. I can just, I can, I can sing okay. Yeah. I can hold a note, but I'm not a professional by any means. So one thing yeah. I've also learned recently is, is opening the door to collaborate with more people. And now I'm growing my um, network of singer songwriters. You know, it's so much easier to sit down and make a record when you've got a library of acapellas and good ones. You know, so. The Smile record, mm. I've actually been in touch with the Smile. The vocal on Smile is a splice sample, which a lot of people are quite shocked yeah. by. So it's available on Splice. Um, so I've actually I'm actually working with that singer directly now to to make another oh, awesome. record as well. Yeah. So mm. swings and roundabouts. <laughs> she thought she she heard the Smile yeah. track and got in touch and said, "That's my vocal." <laughs> um let's work together yeah so. that's cool really really interesting yeah it's a cool story if you want to get a uh a collab opportunity just use someone's vocal on splice and then then they'll like your tune and then <laughs> you can yeah. uh, work with it that's really Plus cool as well really cool. those those sample packs on splice you don't know who the vocal who the vocalists are so you, yeah some of them you know but some of them are just like almost a branded sample pack and you have no idea yeah. who the singer is so yeah. to to be lucky enough to connect on social media um is is great. I've just got a whole library of acapellas in yesterday that I have to go through. So I'm That's excited awesome. to check yeah. those out. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And then obviously lastly, you've just the other day had your um remix of Lily McKenzie's Lovers and Friends. Um Yeah. Yeah, do you want to dive into that one a bit and tell us a bit about that one? Yeah, so that's with New State. So I mm. was in touch with them just to like share some demos for um for signing, and they made me aware of Lily's record, who had which had come out just a few weeks prior, and they were really wanting to get females supporting females. So cool having an, like another female to kind of add a bit of flavor, and obviously I've done my remix for mm. it. So that's that was quite a nice yeah. project because that's kind of like just girls for the girls. Um, I think there's not cool. There's a lot more women women getting into this industry now, and there's a lot more female producers and female mm. DJs, which is really really great to see. And you know what? There's a lot of For talented sure. girls out there. You know, there's there's um, Lily's vocals were just absolutely to die for. Maria, who I worked with in the last one, Abby, mm. who I worked with on Smile. You know, the girls are doing really really well at the minute. So yeah, 
I'm all for getting behind and supporting and and growing um their their audiences too. One thing I've noticed is just how supportive all the girls have been. Even on social media, there's a lot of awesome. There's none of this like you know the high school behavior of like jealousy, clicky, mm. itchy kind of behavior. You just don't get that. Yeah, um, yeah. I just haven't seen that within yeah. this industry. Like the girls really get behind the girls. You know, they're always like commenting yeah. on social media, dropping DMs to say like smashing it, well done. Check this person out, sharing knowledge, sharing information. So it's really, really, really refreshing. Awesome and yeah that's encouraging yeah Mm -hmm. that's so true i've never seen that kind of behavior like that you now that you've brought my attention to it which is cool like you know it it is it is encouraging to see that it's supported yeah that's so true oh awesome well that's a cool opportunity in terms of remixing (laughs) do you approach a remix different to say how you'd approach original or is it a fairly similar process um it's fairly similar um yeah. normally i mean i just got the vocals for lily um and built the track around the vocals and built the remix around the vocals and i tried to keep it with the same they the label really loved smile and higher love and asked me if i could mm. keep within that kind of style because it would really complement lily yeah. very well so i used um uh, one of the plugins i love using is addictive keys Ah, which is, great, um, great keys. Which yeah. is all different piano sounds. Brilliant, obviously with me being a piano head. Um, mm. So, so th- I've I've used that on all all of my last records, which is one of my go to plugins. Awesome. But yeah, I think I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to go too unique and creative with the remix. I kind of wanted to still encompass the and and not take away from her vocal too much. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she loved it, which is great. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I listened to both before the podcast, and it's definitely your own take on it. But it still, yeah, keeps the um original vibe in some ways, which is I feel like yeah, it's a yeah. it's a balancing act with remixes because you, you kind of want to, especially like a a remix that's already kind of big in its own right it's kind of like keeping that that sense of familiarity but also incorporating your sound into it so it's kind of a fun challenge yeah. i don't know if you find that as well it is fun yeah yeah mm. like 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 i said i'm just really enjoying working with new people at the minute mm. um i i can take my music to a level but having another songwriter or some vocals fresh vocals coming in it's like oh yes <laughs> yes it's it's refreshing yeah yeah i just did that actually i just worked with a vocalist for the uh, first time i kind of did a similar thing i did a bit of singing on some of my old tunes but yeah working with a professional vocalist is just so nice it's like it just sounds good flawless yeah Yeah. like i totally i do my own vocals with some records just just to experiment and see how it sounds and like if i just need something to fill it out but like i'll 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 sing it like 20 times before I'm happy with it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> whereas, yeah. whereas these professional singers are coming in and they're just flawless, like just beautiful, yeah. beautiful tone and voices. So yeah, That's it's something awesome. I'm really enjoying at the minute. I think as well, I've got, uh, I seem to have fallen into a pattern of female vocals on my records. So yeah. um, the next, the next one is a male. So cool. Be fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it fresh. That's awesome. Um, 
and yeah, I suppose after the last three releases you have, and obviously playing more live shows, hopefully with everything opening back up in the UK, it's always, I mean, there's always a bit of ambiguity there, unfortunately, but what is coming Mm -hmm. up for you the next kind of zero to 12 months at the moment? So at the moment of, for the next six months, I'd say I've got back-to-back releases scheduled across a variety of labels, cool. um, which are major labels for me. Um, mm. I've got awesome. Congrats. I've got my next record is coming out with um, Atlantic. They've they're launching a new dance label for dance music, awesome. which is insane for me. Um, with quite a huge. That's awesome vocal sample from a quite a big band um from back in the 90s which got cleared so i'm very excited to to to, for that to drop in two or three weeks time um armada another one who um who i've just secured a record with um and i have a few more in the pipeline just waiting to sign off some contracts but yeah the next six months release wise um i'm trying to one thing I don't want to do is lose momentum. So having a record every six to yep. eight weeks coming out is is a personal yep. goal of mine. Um, I yep. know obviously some records take more time. You need to like you need to let them catch legs and and get the exposure on Spotify and radio and stuff. So I think six to eight weeks is a nice time frame for most artists and most labels actually request a minimum of six yes. before you have anything else coming out just to allow breathing yep. space. So release wise, I am yep. really excited for for what's coming. Uh, gigs wise, I have had a few, but I've got probably my biggest ones coming up now later in the year. I'll be playing uh, Printworks in London, which is my absolute oh, nice. dream venue. Yeah, I've been in the whole world. Printworks yeah. is like one of the one of my like top three venues I've always wanted to play. So to go from playing to three to 500 people to like 4,000 is a huge, huge, huge yeah. step for me. So um, I'm bricking it, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's again, a dream come true and another goal ticked off the list. I'll be playing with Joel Corey, who's um obviously quite, quite big over here right. in the UK. He's, been getting a lot of number one hits in the UK charts and stuff with, with bed and cool um working with Raya. So yeah, like everything's going really well. It's just I think balancing everything now because I still obviously have my my normal job, my marketing job, mm. and then I'm doing production and I'm trying to like get a little bit better at my DJing. Mm. Like I'm I'm good with my DJing, mm. but for me, I want to get better. I want to like. I want to be doing more tricks and playing around and getting more creative yeah. with the music, especially in live shows. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just in my spare time, I'm down here fiddling, fiddling away with the buttons. <laughs> totally. There's a, there's, a, there's a few things you can do with DJing that makes it quite fun and creative. I feel like, you know, you can just rock up and play tunes and that's fine. Nothing, nothing against that at all. Um, I do that to be honest, but yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, untapped potential with DJing and it's cool to hear that some people are you know like yourself are heading more down that route um and doing some more fun things so one thing I wanted to ask you really quick while I think of it actually um I'll there's one more question after this but I do think this is a cool thing to dive into is 
with your balancing of work and stuff like that, like what does that practically look like for you day to day? Like, do you work on music at nighttime? Do you do it in the mornings before work? Like, how do you balance those? So I was mostly freelance doing my marketing. So obviously I was jobless okay. for a while during lockdown. Yes, which yeah. so, so most days I was down here in the studio. I've got, this is the basement in my house. So awesome. um, I'm, I yeah I'm lucky enough to have all my equipment here and have the luxury of just going down a flight of stairs I don't have to get in the car I don't have to go anywhere to do my music it's all cool. at home so during lockdown I obviously spend a lot of time down here doing tutorials doing courses online courses digital courses um, mm. just learning 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 and and working 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 but more recently now since yeah. lockdown's kind of come to an end over here I am back working mm. in my marketing job. So I can go into the office for that. So all week this week, I've been in the office Monday to like, not Monday to Friday, last week, Monday to Friday, but like, which is like a typical day, yeah. you know, up at six or seven gym workout, either in the morning or after mm. work and then a full day of work and then come back and I'm yeah. doing my music stuff in the evening. Um, But also yeah. weekends sometimes, but weekends are kind of family time and really important for like, spending time with my boyfriend or yeah. or seeing friends so, and also awesome. gigs are, are rolling in now so it's there's a lot going yeah. on at the weekend so it's just I've become a lot more busier now so it's it's kind of yeah. having a balance but f- for me honestly like the last year was tough I had really bad insecurity and anxiety mm. I think a lot of people did Lo- like everything's scary mm. and losing jobs and f- people getting ill and Everything was very unknown, yeah. And I think a lot, yeah. Of I think I think everyone has had some sort of like struggle, whether menti- mentally or mm. work, personal lives, um, relationships. So 100%. one thing I've been doing for myself is listening to audiobooks when I do have free time. I'm not sticking music on, cool. like when I'm in, driving in the car to work. Yeah. Instead of blasting the radio, I'm I'm playing an audiobook on on just self development mm. on getting in control of this yep. and just you know because it's yep. so easy for your Very head key. to get away from you. It's so easy to get down, so easy to get depressed, it's so easy to beat yourself up and be caught in a negative cycle mentally. And yep. I I honestly think I speak for everyone. So what I would advise, especially for people who are kind of kind of beating themselves up or being hard on themselves because they're not getting the records out. They're not getting the the label bites. They're not at the level they want to be. Just just focus on you. If you're happy within you and you've got control of your head, you will yeah. you will block out all the negativity and you'll be more focused and you'll work harder yeah. and you'll you'll not take criticism in a bad way. Um yes. but take take half an hour, take or an hour before bed, stick your headphones on, get a lot of people have iPhones, get on the book app, find mm. some wicked audio books about, mm. about just self-development. Not, none, none mm. of the, not like fluffy, like how to be positive, like none of that fluffy stuff, yeah, like yeah. real, 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 like psychology. Practical you know? stuff. Psychology. Yeah. I love yes. That. Yeah. Yes. Because it's helped me a lot. I've been, I've had my, I've had my, down times this year and like I said I think we all have but 
focusing on me and mm. my head has has been um very very good for me um, yeah, that's a with, good with shout, the balance yeah. like you said how to balance life with work with mm. family relationships like you you got to look after number one mm. and that will seep into every other avenue of your life so yeah that is yeah, that I is so I, true yeah mm. so that's one thing that's i'm awesome. doing a lot of yeah no it's underrated i think like um yeah, it's, it's a lot, especially when you're trying to pursue music and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff to think about. So it's very key, very key to look Also the industry, mm. you know, the industry, there's a lot of not nice people out there. And mm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of fakeness and clickiness. And I've been burnt several times already. You know, I've, I've had my music stolen. I've had, I've had people... Damn tell me other people take my music and mm. not credit for it not credit me for it but take it and say well we wouldn't put your name on it because you're a nobody you know i've had that uh, i've had I've, it, it's it's out there so expect it so but but mm. rise above it like take it with a pinch of salt you, not everybody has to like like you and people people will probably screw you over at one stage or another it might not happen now but it could happen in two or three years time that's that's the business sure. we're in and as long as like i said keep your head screwed on and don't take knocks and negative people seriously mm. just just keep working on you one last question i have actually Cool. Um, in terms of like your your musical journey and stuff like that, man, it's gotten really dark here now. I haven't recorded an episode at sunset <laughs> yet, so now you just get to see the glow of the laptop on my yeah. face. Be- it's beautiful. lovely. I'm gonna it's like scare sunrise a few over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're taking all the sun that I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. Um, I kind of ask all the guests who come on to the the EDM podcast. Uh, what is this one question? It's kind of a controversial one, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you had a time machine, because like we all make mistakes in our career, we all learn from things mm-hmm. that we've done or experiences we've had. And um, if, but if you had a time machine, what was one? What would one thing be that you'd go back and change? Um, yeah, what what would it be? If I would go back to when I was leaving school. And I would have not mm. gone to university and not got into marketing. I would have got into music as soon as possible. I was already in yeah. music in, a, in mm. a classical capacity, but I didn't realize what I wanted to do until I was like early 20s. And then I didn't have the ability to invest my time or money in it until my mid 20s. So mm. for me, I'm like kicking myself because like I'm, I'm, I'm getting on. I'm not, I'm not like, old by any means but i could have done this all 10 years earlier you know so i think if if, if i could go back i would have spoke to my 18 year old self and said this is what you want to do don't waste all Mm. your time and money going into that so yeah because i I mean university was four years marketing Mm. digital marketing and then working in london for years yeah and i never liked it i just i just did it because I had to do something. And I think a lot of people yes. come out of school. They don't know what they want to do. It's really hard to figure out what you really want to do and what you really have a passion for until you're out in the world, until you like stumble yeah. across something or stumble into something. So um, 
Yeah, if you're mm. if you're a teenager and you know you want to do this, like I'm jealous. <laughs> you're lucky because <laughs> you've got time. You've got you use so the time, much time wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very I think true. I think that's when you're you in just your don't, mid to late you 20s, don't yeah. get time back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mm. I would definitely just go back and save time if I could. That's awesome. Yeah, what other so one of other people said what i'm interested to see what other people have said normally for that question oh i mean yeah no it's a good good point other people have said like um just not being not doubting themselves as much like okay you know, yeah. i think i think just being like you know people are hesitant it kind of ties back to the same thing i think fear it's like what's what drives us to do things that you know may not be actually what we want to do or take longer to do something that we actually want to do but yeah, like um, I had we had you know Umek, the techno yes. DJ. Yeah, he yes. was on, and he said um, <laughs> he he experimented with uh, tech house for a while, and he said personally he wouldn't have done that because he lost so many fans after changing his sound so drastically, which is interesting. Yeah, because he I've already heard, had a platform, yeah. right? Yeah, he was huge and he'd been doing it for like, he's been doing it for 28 years now, which is a long career. And he, I was very interesting to that he said that because I thought, you know, everyone does change their sound at some point, I feel like, but he feels like he'd started with techno, went to Tech House for like five or so years and kind of went back to this more evolved, darker techno sound. Um, and he... I mean, he said, yeah, he would have, he found he was downloading more Tech House from Beatport and stuff like that. So it just, it was a fun, it, everyone's yeah. had like a different thing to say, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Do you know who else did that? Alan Fitzpatrick, like right. Alan Fitzpatrick techno. And mm. then all of a sudden he was like releasing a massive house record and defected. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think as, look, it's it, in this world, like, music evolves tastes change and yep. i think a lot of especially with lockdown like there is no club culture at the minute like yes. there's like festivals yep. and events and stuff big 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 things going on but the i think a lot of a lot of parties in the uk have flopped like clubs aren't filling at capacity and i think a lot of people believe that as soon yep. as lockdown lifts everyone's going to be out but the psychology has changed you know mm. and i think a lot of labels that I've been speaking to are saying that it's radio, it's radio music that's winning at the minute. Like the club music just right. isn't selling. And I think yeah. a lot of artists and DJs are diversifying their sound to try and just fit into that market that's existing right now. It will come back. The club market yes. will definitely come back with a bang, I think. But mm. um the psychology yeah. of lockdown has changed a lot, and I, 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 I reckon us will see a lot more artists and producers flipping their sounds more, um, just just mm. to, to stay relevant. That's so true. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's good to be diverse and good to have that flexibility. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's fun. Keeps things interesting, and and yeah, means you don't get bored. There's if there's if you have already built your audience up with this sound to then change it when you're you've already built it that's that's maybe going to upset a few people obviously but yeah maybe if you're huge like I I don't know if you're familiar with Porter Robinson 
Um, he mm-hmm. was like very big in the electro spouse, electro house space a few years, like 10 years ago now, I think. And then he kind of went more towards this kind of like chill, down tempo, big synth kind of sound. Very right. inspired by like, um, yeah, chill, like kind of indie, indie stuff. And everyone was kind of really surprised and it was so different. But I mean, he, he's that for him ended up being the best decision ever because he made the music he actually was really wanting to make. So it's not always easy to know what's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I I think at the end of the day, he's got to try things and see if they work. (laughs) I think that's all you can really do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try and and make like a drum and bass track just for fun. Do it. I'd I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I'll send Um, it to you. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, Awesome. Well, this has been a blast. Um, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, You're what welcome. I'll do, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been been great. Where can people find you online, just on socials and stuff like that? So my handle is Ali Story DJ across all my channels. Awesome. So I'll chuck just that. Ali in Story or Ali Story DJ. Awesome. I'll check that in the notes. Well, um, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Marie. It's been been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me.